You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Now that you've been on, and this is your second time now, we just started off however. Like, you know, have you ever had a cut on your finger? It's like the smallest little cut, but it hurts so bad that it basically makes, like, stops you from doing anything. Yeah, it ruins your whole day. Yeah, I'm experiencing that right now. I realize this <laughs> little cut, like, it's the size of a little small paper cut, but I swear, it's like life should not be going on anymore. It's like, this is just, it's consumed me. It's like a paper cut? Is that what it was? I have no clue what it was. It's about the size of one, but I'm telling you, it's this is, feels like I broke both my fucking legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that happens, man. And it's like, it's it's just, you don't realize, it's, it's on your hand, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't realize how much, like, you use parts. I mean, obviously, they're your hands, but, like, you don't realize how important it is to make sure that there's nothing wrong with them until like you have a pain on them and it's just a nonstop all day sort of just annoyance. It's probably more annoying pain than it is actual like pain pain. Does that mean I can start doing like the handicap parking since this finger is like completely out of use? I mean, I'd look into it, you know? I'd get a pass for it. Well, right. Nick, I'm going to make sure I pronounce your name correctly. It's Manus Yodis. That's correct, my friend. Bam, look at that. The second time I got it, and it yeah. doesn't even need to take three. Well, welcome to Out of the Blank again, man. We're here on this spooky October 31st to talk about film again. Yes, yes. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So what exactly about film, first of all, you're interested in? Well, I've always like I've always been interested in it, uh, and, and it kind of it, it started as an interest that grew into sort of like this passion and this love for it. Um, but I think for me, like the thing about films that uh, that make me sort of that, the reason why I've loved them so much, I think, is because for whatever reason, movies have been able to communicate an emotional sort of uh, they've been able to communicate to me emotionally. I guess is what I'm trying to say more than any other art form. And so, uh, even being a kid, remembering back then, before I even knew I wanted to do uh, get into filmmaking, and then before I really knew that I actually loved it, I just remember having these memories of. Uh, of watching specific films and a lot of uh, horror films too, as a matter of fact, that like hit me so deeply that I just never forgot them. And so I think it's because of those movies and those experiences that I just realized this is what I want to do. Have you ever watched a movie that literally like after you watched it, you were kind of messed up in the head for like a couple weeks after? For sure. I've had it happen in the past. I've had it, had it recently to me. Absolutely. Yeah. So what movie are we talking about, for example? Uh, I'll tell you one movie the, that recently um, that that's been kind of screwing with me a little bit uh, was over the summer. Uh, ironically, Midsummer came out, and I saw it in the theaters. And I remember just being—I like—I didn't know what to think. And it was so funny because it's a—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a horror film, but it's—it's it's one of those things where it's like it's not the scariest movie you'll ever see, but the themes, the way it was shot, the the color, all the, the aesthetic, along with the story, is just so mind-blowing to me i was thinking about it for quite some time 
Now you have a different kind of, I guess, experience with films when watching it. You look at a little bit more of like the base of things, like, you know, the work that was put into it, such as the director, such as the camera angles, such as actors, um, you know, a multitude of factors where for me, I was watching Interstellar and I swear to God, that movie had me fucked up for two weeks afterwards. That's, you know what, that's that's another movie too. I, I have to say, I was thinking about that one for a while too. Absolutely. You 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 think down is up. You think left is right. You're going all over the place. I thought nothing was real. I was like, just looking up into the sky, like there's Matthew McConaughey stuck on a planet somewhere. Yep. Yep. It's funny too. Cause like, you know, a movie, a movie is good. I think, uh, or I think a movie for specific individuals, whatever is good for them, whatever they really enjoyed are the kinds of movies that uh, make you think about whatever topics that they're about that you never thought about before. So like, if you never thought of being, uh, if you never thought about being an astronaut before, and then you see interstellar and now you think about wanting to be an astronaut, that means it's probably a good movie that you saw. Well, this is some weird stuff though, because it seems like every space movie happens to do with some type of alien force coming in or some type of like mission where someone gets stranded. It's always those two things. You don't really ever see, you know, like a colonization movie. You never see one like completely work out, like all good. You know, it's always that, you know, they go to this planet, they all get murdered on that planet, like Prometheus or something. And then you look at um, they bring an alien home or something. Then you get alien versus predator, like aliens. Right. Us. I'm like, why is it the same concept? Let's say we, we make, if we were going to make a space movie, okay, we're, we're going to start off here. Sure. We're going to make a space movie. How would we improve it and make it different? Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things you can go, a lot of places you can go. Space is a fun, uh, is a fun like subgenre of science fiction because uh, you can really do a lot of things. I mean, there's time travel, there's space exploration, like you said, colonizing aliens. There's a lot of different things you can do. I think the one thing, though, the reason why, uh, to bring up your argument on like why those things happen all the time in films, I think a big reason why is because, uh, you know, in a, for a film to kind of go through, you have to have some sort of conflict. So there has to always be something stopping the characters uh, from getting to their goal and they have to have the obstacle of you know overcoming to get to their goal i mean to try to do something different and unique i'm trying to think i mean for space there's so much you can do um i've always liked the idea of of colonizing and stuff like that i've liked the idea of aliens but aliens is tricky too because uh you know unless it's been overdone and it's number one number two it could be really corny and you got to be careful not to make them corny how about an olympic games between galaxies that's really good actually that's pretty fascinating like we all have to compete like we got shock put and you got to go against like a monster with like eight arms and stuff but it's like i don't i don't know how that would we we would be able to make that so it was like available for everyone you know what i mean like the concept of like it's supposed to be equal so everyone's like oh you might have a certain skill that's better but you can't have four extra arms doing shock but right right well you can kind of take it into a direction of uh instead of a physical competition you can have it where it's more of a competition of like um of uh, of like uh, racing space racing or something like that you know they're in their ships and they're who can design and, and create the fastest ship. There's actually a, it's funny that you bring this up because have you ever heard of the show? It's actually an animated show called final space. I have not. It's a really interesting show and I'm a fan of it. It's, it's comedy adventure. It's pretty well done. 
Uh, but in the second season, I believe it's the first episode, they do a very similar thing <clears throat> where uh, it's very similar to like the like Olympics, but it's their version, like their galactic sort of like get together or whatever for this, but they're, <clears throat> they're racing. And it's like, it's kind of like, it reminds me of the scene in um, Star Wars episode one where they're pod racing and they're kind of like trying to knock each other off the, the track and everything. And some people die. Um, it's kind of intense like that. So you can kind of do something where I like the idea of a, of a competition or, or an Olympic sort of game with different galaxies and, and, uh, and having that competition play through. Um, but you could maybe do something where it's, it's more like a space race kind of thing. Hmm, like death race, but in space. I know yeah. Jimmy Neutron at one point did that. They had like all these challenges they had to do against uh, different races and stuff. But it was yeah, it, it's it's a strange concept because it seems like you were telling me before when movies are made, they come out in a template form. Um, yes. like if an October if an October movie is going to come out, it's going to be probably a hard thing. But they don't film it in October and then put it out. They film it like a couple months before. Sometimes a whole year before, yeah. And then they release it like right in there. But isn't it the best time to like make a Halloween movie, to have it in theaters before, way before Halloween, like the month before? Because by the time Halloween comes, aren't people sick of Halloween kind of? Um, I mean, I'll tell you for me, I am. <laughs> but I think, I, I mean, look, I know a lot of people that are Halloween fanatics and Halloween's a very... Uh, commercialized holiday and, and, and businesses, all kinds of businesses make so much money. So I think if you have a movie, uh, a scary movie coming out very close to Halloween, you probably have a better chance of people seeing it. I think it's just weird because we're in fall and like everything's pumpkin spice and I'm, we're not, we're barely out of it. Like we're not, we're, we still got November left. And then, yeah. you know, I'm already sick of pumpkin spice. I swear if someone asks if I want like a pumpkin spice, like, candle or something i'm gonna snap you know i, I was <laughs> yeah. sick of it like the first week and it's just like you get to see like if they have it i don't know last two weeks of halloween and then the, what do you call it uh or oh, the beginning first two weeks of november then it's like by the time it's like that's the season for it, but then they have it way in store in front and then you find people buying it like oh it's i haven't seen this it's only seasonal next thing you know they're sick of it by like the first week yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess, you know, in a weird way, it's just, uh, you know, the way business is and the way people buy it. I mean, again, dude, you know, it, it makes money. It's so it's bizarre. I, I agree with you though, too, to be honest, like I get sick of it. It's weird seeing, um, I mean, we're not even in November yet and I'm slowly starting to see like Christmas decorations. So that's kind of messing with my head a little bit too. Uh, so my Walmart has had Christmas decorations in it since like, January of last year. They're like, we're just going to keep this shit up. You know, who doesn't right. like Christmas? I'm like, you guys are just lazy to take it down. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, I, I you know what's so funny, man? Uh, I have a neighbor, a couple houses down the street, and I swear to God, he's had Christmas lights, lights up since July, like no exaggeration. And I remember I didn't really notice them in the beginning, but once in a while I'd come home late, like either from work or doing whatever, and I noticed he had his lights on. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I cannot, I just couldn't believe it. It was so bizarre. I don't know. He's like, it's Christmas in July. It's like, it's not July anymore. It's like, I'm saving that shit for December. It's like, bro, we're still <laughs> so far from December. Like, I'm too lazy. Exactly. 
Exactly. So what types of movies interest you the most? I would say, like, if you were going to make a film, if I gave, you know, if we both had to decide to make a film, but what one would you want to base it on? Like, we're just trying to think of a concept. What art form are we going under? Comedy, tragedy, what? Um, I think in the most general sense, I'd like to start with something that's thriller because I've always been fascinated with with thriller films, films that uh, kind of pull you in almost immediately, if not immediately, you know, as quick as they can. And then like they just grab you uh, uh, the entire way through. So I've always liked thrillers. Um, and then, you know, I've always been fascinated with science fiction. Science fiction uh, is just one of those things you, you have so much uh, you have so much leeway you can bend the rules all the time um so maybe some with that if not science fiction i've actually been really fascinated with crime so like crime thriller type of films i see i've always in the beginning i always thought i like i enjoy comedies all the time but i found myself getting more interested in biographies and documentaries oh, interesting. Of, a, okay. of a storytelling aspect and i'm trying to think of one that we could create if someone gave us you know a couple hundred million you know blow it on a bunch of famous actors but how would we design a film? If we're going to make a thriller, are we going to do action thriller or are we going to do a horror thriller? Right, right. Uh, I mean, you know, when it comes down to, the, it just depends, I think, on the type of story. Do you, when you're thinking about what, you know, while thinking about this, would you want to do something that's more like based on a true story, inspired by a true story, something completely wacky and totally different? I want to make something that's completely fresh like improv right. you know not having a structure like not looking up like a severe case that happened in history or something sure, but should be sure. making up like you know like based on a true story like half that shit's made up in hollywood in any way right that's very true so i'm trying to think like if we were going to make like let's say let's, let's stick with horror since it's kind of halloween sure sure so horror thriller. Right, i got it go for it facebook is down that's scary right there, dude. Don't Everyone, say, say yes. no more. <laughs> roll the credits. Yeah, roll the credits. You got, a, you got everyone. Everybody <laughs> is already having many heart attacks in this. <laughs> I'm trying to think because like it's everything's been so redone. It's always about a psycho killer. It's always about something else. I wonder if we took someone and instead of doing ghosts or demons, you know, that concept has been thrown back so many times. Sure, Mental health is like, a big thing happening now so you're seeing it like start to kind of incorporate in movies now they're adding that like there's oh the main character's brother has a mental illness or has um severe schizophrenia and that's why the kid goes around picking up all the neighborhood pets and no one knows where they go after that right what is one crazy things i already know how the beginning would start like we, you know we got the colors changing in the air we got this feeling of fall like it's starting when you take a deep breath now when you're outside a little bit of cold air fills your lungs it's like ooh. yeah yeah exactly yeah. so i'm thinking get like a, a, a pan shot kind of but get like the a bunch of orange trees and then zoom in close like the next shot to a leaf on the ground and it's okay. just, it just, you get to watch it fall and just touch the road. Then all you hear is a bunch of screaming and you're like, what is that from? And then it's still just showing nature. It's just out there showing nature, water, all this type of stuff. And you just hear all these screams go like every couple of seconds, like you hear another person scream, another person scream, another person scream. Okay. Okay. Trying to think where we could go from there, but I'm also still trying to because I could see the shots in my head. I get that more video, like the parts of how we could do. But I'm trying to think if we 
made it like a twist and turn type thing, like kind of like M Night Shyamalan a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that intro. I think that's actually a really interesting thing. Like I'm curious to know more already. So I like that. I like how it's in fall in nature. I I, I imagine in my the way you explained it to me. Uh, you can do something with the screams as the shots of nature are kind of progressing, but we're still hearing these screams in the background more and more. Maybe they get a little bit louder and a little bit louder. And as they get louder, the shots get more and more in depth. Uh, or they, the, the shots of nature, they become more deep into the, like the forest, let's say. And then it gets to a point where maybe uh, uh, we see a body in the forest and the whole idea is trying to figure out what happened. Maybe... I mean, again, that's more crime on the crime side, but we can, I don't know, to make it horror, it's interesting. You kind of have to, I don't know, I feel like you kind of have to go back. I'm thinking if you have a bunch of screams and after the screams, you hit them with a twist turn. It's a bunch of kids screaming at a TV. They're playing video games. Mm, okay. okay. So it sounds like the screams sound like they're little kids screaming, but then next, you know, you're thinking immediately in your head, you're thinking, Oh my God, someone's just got murdered. Someone's getting killed right now. Then it's yeah. like, no, it's a video game. It's a bunch of kids screaming at the video screen. And then the mom goes upstairs and goes, come on, it's time to, you know, turn off the games or something. So then they go out and maybe ride on their bikes or something. Okay. But I'm trying to get it. So every shot or every kind of part to it, is a as a left turn like you're not expecting that you know so one of the kids in the group let's call him billy because you know billy usually is probably the crazy insane one sure has a bit of a mental health issue when it comes to sensitivity or sense like kind of sensation of people so like he sees people as just random things he doesn't see his mom as his mom he sees just as that's oh that's claire that's no that's your mom no that's claire okay like okay. She, like just people not really seeing anybody with any emotional connection kind of emotionally resistant so then we look at they're in a store or something and someone does something you know like maybe you know 13 items or less you know someone has 15 items or something or something really really small where yeah. the kid just walks out and you know when the person's like like still in the store just messes up their car to the point where like it could ex like not like something slight you know like maybe cut their tire or something and okay walks away and it's like a bunch of kids like you see them you do another shot they're on their bikes and they're watching this person drive off real fast and the person gets in a car accident and then dies and then they so look down they're like dude you did that and he goes so okay so then so we he's, he's slowly, we're, 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 as the audience, the audience is kind of starting to realize, okay, there's something off, off unhinged about, about this kid. And, but it's still at a young age, like maybe 14 yeah. or 13, where he doesn't really know the grasp of death. And then okay. we keep, we go from there. So we got the kids, you know, they have this, and this is all just coming to me. So bear with me. Feel free to add sure. on to stuff too. But you got the you got the kids kind of like yo like you kill that person you have to let someone know like you know I have to you have to go with this and he starts seeing it, they start noticing that he's not seeing them as their friends he's just seeing them as people that he knows well you know what I mean yeah like really yeah like he cares for any of them any more than a random person on the street I got you no that's interesting I like that so he yeah he he it seems like he's lacking this emotional connection to to other human beings and also. I like the like the the fact of him kind of sabotaging other people's cars is an interesting thing too because it, it for me it kind of shows that he's got like this fascination with death like he because like he doesn't grasp it he doesn't realize the re, the the repercussion of how 
of, of what it is or how final it is. Um, it, you know, it'd be kind of cool too. It depends on if you wanted to go this route. Cause I know you said you want to make it as unique as possible, but I've like, it's kids have always been a very difficult thing in horror to get right. Having kids like either being the ones who are, who are the, the ones responsible for causing all the mayhem, you know, whether they're, they're just lunatics possessed or whatever, or even on the other side of that, having them be the ones that are the victims. Uh, kids are always a tricky one to, to do as far as films go. But I was thinking as, as you were talking, like, what can we do to, uh, to, like, to make it so that this, like, what is the reason this kid is acting this way? Because we could say it's something as simple as mental health. That's what is, I'm saying. There's, a, yeah. there's, there's something about him, like blank, like no, no emotion type of response to death or any type of connection with anybody. Like, a, they're just faces to him. They're not anybody like, and nobody knows this, though. Like, his mom doesn't know it. Nobody yeah. has ever seen this. So his friends, let's say after the car accident, you know, they're keeping it on the wraps, like they're keeping it down, you know, like not saying anything. They're just kind of asking, like, you got to admit something. So they all are at school, like talking about, and they stop hanging out with them less and less and less. You know, it's maybe it's every other weekend. And then eventually it becomes like once a month. And after, let's say about four or five months later. For sure. You know, he's outside. Uh, it's getting, you know, the season's changing again. So let's look at, you know, it's becoming a little bit maybe spring. And he's, this, it's been a while. So kind of everyone's forgetting about it. They're starting to talk to him again and he's outside mowing the lawn and the whacker gets, or the um, lawnmower gets stuck and his brother or whoever is out there, let's say his uncle, let's do that. Um, says like, Hey, like, you know, it's stuck. It's not going to keep going. So he's like, can you help me? And the uncle bends down to stick his hand under the lawnmower and it's off. So he would have mm -hmm. to start it back on. Yeah. So he's under the lawnmower, like uh, kind of like, oh, hold on, I got to turn it over and look at it. So he kind of like lifts it up and he's digging through it with his arm. You know, got he's got probably up to his elbow, and the kid just it, it it's free. He just rips the cord, turns it on, and right to the uncle, and the uncle's screaming on the ground. Nobody sees it but him and the kid, and the kid just sits, stands there, and just looks at him with a motionless face, and the uncle's screaming, you know, turns around trying to find, like, you know, trying to, like, he's screaming to call somebody. He's, like, turn around trying to get up, but he's so weak, and then eventually, like, he just dies right in the backyard. And Leads the kid out. Just, yeah, and the kid just looks around, then just goes into the shed and grabs a shovel. Still emotionless, like nobody has anything, and he starts digging a hole. Interesting. Interesting. I'm so, trying. That's, I like that idea. So let me ask you this then, where would you, and, and I see, I'm, I'm actually interested with this idea. That's why I keep asking questions, <laughs> but uh, where would you want the direction of the story to go at? So now that we've kind of uh, gotten a little bit deeper into the mind of this character, what's the goal? Like, is he going to end up trying to kill, let's say his mother, because for whatever reason, like, anybody's up for grabs. Okay. Anybody. So it, but it's only like if, if there's something going on or something, he doesn't realize like, you know, he just randomly goes, you know what? And like immediately, like if you, you know, let's say his uncle before that, like, you know, did something to him or yelled at him before that incident, you mm -hmm. know, like, oh, you idiot, you got it stuck. Let me fix it. And then goes like that. And the kid just goes, huh? And just pulls it. Okay, but kind of this, like a payback type thing. Yeah, but at this point, he's like, let's say 14, 15. You know, before yeah. when he killed the woman, he was probably 12 or 13. What if, what if, um, okay, so what if we see all this stuff, like basically we're, we're seeing these acts, he, him performing, the kid performing these acts at, at this young age, but what if the film were to jump a couple years now 
and maybe we get to see him a little bit older, not full grown adult, but just a little bit older. He's gotten away with the craziness of just killing his uncle. Maybe they thought it was just an accident and they never, you know, there was nothing on the kid. But a couple of years go by, he's still free, he's still doing his thing. But we kind of get to see this sort of evolved person. Wait, how about he's, he's he, let's, let's say he's at the end of his high school years, so he has a car now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay. still there. He, so let's say, all right, so instead of take, take out the shovel part. So let's say, um, or no, he gets the shovel, but then someone catches him. Like one of, um, let's say it's the uncle's uh, sister who's his mom, um, calls 911, gets an ambulance there uncle dies um then they start admitting him to therapy because they don't know what happened so they're trying to talk to him about trauma and what he's experienced and now he's been in that for a couple of years and he stopped maybe a year before his senior year and they just realized he doesn't feel any emotion um it's like he doesn't feel remorse like for his uncle's passing not that they they don't think he did it though they just think it was a freak accident so nobody knows he's killing people so then we get him into high school years and he's, you know, not the popular key. He's kind of known as the weird one, like, you know, kind of like the, the one that gets picked on, um, classic bully scenario. Yeah. But, you know, he's, uh, there's this jock and this girl, he really, he kind of, I wouldn't say likes, but she's always been kind of nice to him. So he's, he's never had any bad interaction. Nothing ever made him kind of, you know, snap, go bipolar or something. Yeah. Yeah. So then we got him yelling at that girl that he likes and the kid just gets into his truck and then you know next thing you know he's following the guy that was mean to the girl they're just driving down the street you have all the shots them driving through town and everything and uh you know the kid stops at like a gas station and um you know i, I don't know where i could go from there i mean i actually this is good so i, I have some i have some thoughts so so uh this kid so let me ask you again let me back up a minute so the kid that's this jock is he just some random jock or is he possibly one of the friends of this main character when they were younger oh let's do that yes i like i like yes. i like the idea of bringing the friends back into the game now that they're older too so we get to see like you know this kid who's unstable but then you've got these other people he connected with maybe let's say like you said they grew apart so i like this idea of like one of the kids maybe uh especially when they were younger they were friends but maybe he was not one of the friends was not very nice all the time maybe would you know not share his toys or whatever i'm thinking really young i guess but you know little things like that and then now he's this you know this douchebag this kid that just you know total jock toe whatever so i like the situation you said they go for the drive and then our main character billy's following him and then uh, uh, he can do something where, I don't know, cuts the, the brake lines of the car or uh, you were about to say something when he was younger too, actually, where you were going to say like the car blows up or something. Uh, we can do something like that. I don't know. Um, but he could do something crazy. And I like the idea of like bringing the kids back. And you know how like in, um, in, in, in horror movies that take place like in high school, a lot of times they have like this random killer. They're trying to find out who who did it. And you have all the innocent kids like running away from this one killer who's just taking all these kids out. It's kind of like uh, like just your typical slasher movie. What if in the tone of this film, instead of us following the victims, since we're already following Billy, who's essentially the, the he's the protagonist of our story, but he's also the villain. Uh, we are actually seeing him it, we're seeing this story kind of play out through his eyes. So we're actually seeing all his victims as like the, 
uh, like they're not innocent victims. Like they've done something to him, even though Billy's still a lunatic, even though he's still, you know, he's got a lot of issues and he's taking him out on the wrong, in the wrong way. We're actually still kind of sympathizing for him. And so even though this jock was a total jerk to him and this, this, this girl that he likes, um, we're still kind of justifying the act of, of Billy killing this kid. And then it can kind of play through the other characters we get introduced to as well. I'm thinking like he goes into the store. Like I like the break idea. I really like that one. Oh, okay. But I think let's get him like, um, uh, like a, approaching the car, but like this is coming from now a first person perspective. So you get to see like you're, you're like he, you know he can look down and look at his shoes, and that's the camera angle going down. So it's coming from his eyes now. So you're seeing it walk like if he's wearing a camera on his head or something, getting that yeah. first person shot. Yeah. Uh huh. And um, the kid runs into the store. He just you just see him open up the door, and I'm trying to think what he could do to the car, like cigarette lighter. Like grab it, put it under the seat so it'll burn through the seat and maybe possibly start a fire. Okay. So next thing you know, he hops in his car with a bag of chips and you just see um, the, the other kid head right into the store. So now we got the killer, Billy. He's inside the store and the other kid hops back into his truck, starts backing out. Then he starts driving down. The kid just like, you know, it, it, you know he just, it, nothing really happened, just goes on about his day. Then we pan to the guy uh the the jock so he's driving and all you see is him, you know he's smelling like what is that like and he's looking he looks and his cigarette lighter's not there and he's looking around everywhere and freaking out and then gets into a car accident and then the car kind of yeah. starts to go on fire a little bit too yeah uh, that's a that's a good idea i like that idea um so it's yeah. like slight murder, but he's not really doing anything damaging where anybody's going to look at the car and be like, oh, his brakes were cut. You know, it's like, oh, um, he went to go light a cigarette. Next thing you know, you know, he probably like, you know, and you're looking at your phone and you're driving and then like you're, you know, the accidents can happen. Yeah. Dude, what if you said cigarette? What if uh, what if Billy like took un- unrolled like a cigarette or a, a packet of them? and put okay so this is going to sound crazy but you for whatever reason just kind of thought of it what if uh the kid goes uh uh, the jock goes in the store to go get chips or something so what billy does is takes his cigarettes from his car and swaps them out with these other cigarettes that have that billy had unwrapped and then wrapped back up but instead of tobacco (laughs) this is going to sound crazy it's like gunpowder so when he goes to light it it just blows up in his face while he's driving he goes off the road yo i like (laughs) that dude i like that i like that concept emptied out like a bullet and took the gunpowder out of it yeah yeah or you know just kind of pack or 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 pack some of the tobacco with gunpowder maybe he just maybe maybe the kid can smoke a little bit in the beginning of it like it tastes really bad to him he does another drag and all of a sudden just explodes his half his face is missing all of a sudden he just re- like rears off veers off into a light post or a, or a tree or something or another vehicle even maybe uh yeah something crazy like that and then they all the kids now they're still kind of like you know they still know about billy they're still kind of friends with them but they're not as close as they once were when they were kids right so we got them like one of them stayed connected to him like maybe stayed the one true friend or something what was go over billy's house and he just sits there and goes so did you kill him what kill who did you did you kill him you know who i'm talking about and they just it's like it's like real tense and he goes yeah and then like it kind of like it's just when he starts to sink in like oh shit billy is a psycho killer now how would his friend know that billy killed him 
Because he's already suspecting that oh, he killed suspect. his uncle. Okay. Okay. He killed his uncle, but they said it was an accident. It was a freak thing with the lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. He killed that. They watched him kill that girl or whoever outside of the uh, street. I like the girl concept, like a woman killed a woman that was like freaking out or being rude in, inside the store. Watch them kill him when they were kids. Now, oh, it's yeah, now yeah, he's older. Right. He's always had that in the back of his head, even though he's been friends with them and totally kind of like tried not to bring it up ever again and just really move past it. He still has that in the back of his head. Like, did you kill her? Okay. I dig that. That's pretty good. So now we got to figure out what happens. He goes, yeah, okay. So, so this is actually a good turning point, actually. So his friend figures it out, right? Now his friend can do two things. His friend can leave it alone and keep being Billy's friend because he doesn't want to die. <laughs> or... He can take this information to uh, some some authority, you know, the cops or whoever he wants, maybe even Billy's parents. Um, and so now it's like, okay, so this kid gets this information. Who would he take it to? Now, I would assume if it were like in a real life situation, if I found out something about a, a kid that I knew or a friend, I'd probably first talk to my parents about it. Uh, just to see what they had to say. Um, but if we're going to, if we're going to be dramatic about this in the sense of like, you know, telling this, this, this story that making this film, I like the, almost the idea of him telling maybe Billy's mom at first, or at least somehow through his friend, Billy's mom figures it out that, oh shit, my son has been killing all these people because now you have this weird tension where it's like, you know, the next time she sees Billy, it's going to be this sort of talk or maybe even a blowout confrontation because Billy, but see, Billy's not, like you said, though, he's not, uh, he's not very emotionally connected. So I can't imagine him having like a freak out except for literally just killing her. I'm thinking maybe the kid decides like, you know, tries to find a way, maybe an excuse to get out of there. And Billy starts like kind of looking at him like, okay, man, you know, starts kind of realizing that he's trying to get out of it, but just, you know, not, he doesn't care if the kid leaves or not yeah yeah. and goes home and billy starts like sends him a text like still on for games tomorrow and uh <laughs> the kid doesn't answer next thing you know they see each other in school he's avoiding them and yeah. uh billy just starts going like why are you avoiding me and he goes no reason man i've just been kind of busy you know school's wrapping up it's end of our senior year it's kind of it's getting a little hectic you know with tests and all that so um we'll definitely hang soon definitely hang soon and he's trying to keep it to himself because he still has a relationship with billy he still has yeah. a friendship there so he doesn't want to get billy in trouble but he understands billy is s- scaring him now mm-hmm. okay hmm. do you think billy is starting to catch on to it or do you think he's believed in the, in the beginning he maybe believes his friend like okay maybe he is busy yeah, like Billy just I just think Billy's like it's like if you give him a yes or no, it's gonna he's gonna have the same response to it. Like, okay. okay. Like it doesn't matter if you show up or not. Okay, okay. That's how emotionally like desensitized he is. Like he's just like there's nothing there. Like he just looks at everybody like whatever. Like he I think he's just he's tuned out to everything. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like if okay. someone's on pills, but he's not on any pills. Right uh okay cool so so i like that and his friends kind of dealing with in his own way kind of kind of having freakouts too because he's like holy crap my friends doing this shit um and then i'm trying to think what else we can kind of incorporate back into the story to kind of keep pushing the plot there has to be somebody okay so so we i think the next best thing would would be to somehow introduce the idea that now that now that billy's did this he killed this kid and now his friends figured it out there has to be some authoritative figure that has to start getting wind of this. Maybe not necessarily being I got able it. to pin it. Go ahead. That's perfect. That's perfect. 
So we, we let's say uh, Billy decides like, hey, you know, I'm near his house. I might as well stop by. And it's now it's like, let's say it's they, they haven't hung out. So it's senior year's over now. And it's like almost through the ending of their summer of their senior year. So, you know, they've all supposed to have been hanging out, having fun, but they never did. OK, they just like were just distant the whole time. Billy just, you know, worked, came home, you know, normal stuff like you would. So he goes to knock on Billy's door or not Billy's door, uh, the kid's door. Let's call him Jeff. Okay. Because Jeff's, you know, we got Billy already. Jeff's the friend, right? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So Jeff was the one that was close. And um, so he knocks on the door and Jeff's dad answers, but Jeff's dad's a drunk. Oh, okay. You're really getting deep with this. I like it. Okay. So he opens (laughs) up the door and he goes, yeah. And he goes, hey, is Jeff happen to be here? And he goes, who wants to know? He goes, I'm Billy. I'm his friend. You know, you've known me since I was a kid. And let's say Jeff, uh, Jeff's dad is only a drunk because um, he recently got divorced like a couple of years ago and his life went downhill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Billy has, uh, or not Billy, Jeff has no, his mom's not around in the picture. She moved somewhere else until he left. So he's getting drunk. He's like, he's like, he goes, what do you want with him? He's not allowed to come out. And he goes, why isn't he allowed to come out? Be like, because I said so. And then, like, after a little bit of the conversation, he keeps going a little farther and farther, and the dad calls Billy a freak. Oh. Like, get off my porch, you freak. And then, um, you know, starts shuts the door and kind of goes back to drinking in his lazy lounger. And just see, like, a pan shot of, like, the window in the family room. And then you just see, like, from an outside point of view. And looking into the window, you just see him sit right in the lazy chair, crack another uh, one of his six-packs, and then immediately starts watching TV, you know. And then... um. Billy just kind of goes, okay, I'm trying to think how he could kill the dad then without doing it like, you know, in a, in like a murderous way, but in like a, just like a, eh. kind of like a final destination kind of way where it's just yeah. like some crazy stuff. Uh, what if, okay. What if, uh, so, so, so Billy's kind of watching his dad from the outside. He's kind of creeping in. And what if uh, Billy does something like he rings the doorbell? Uh, so his dad has to get up again to go answer the door. So he does answers the door nobody's there he's kind of like he's drunk he's confused he's also angry because he's like what the hell's going on who, who you know who rang my bell so i'm trying to think what if he were to go back inside uh and um i'm trying to think i'm trying to i'm trying to think about the concept of distracting his dad so he has to actually oh, go perfect. do something. He sits back in the lazy lounger, okay? So he's sitting back in the – he just sits back down. Billy decides the front door didn't work. Let's try the back door. So he goes up to the back porch, knocks on it, and uh, let's say uh, Jeff's window is right above the back kind of back porch or something. Okay. So Jeff hears it and goes, what's up, Billy? He goes, hey, can you play? He goes, yeah, man. Or, you know, can, hey, do you want to hang out since they're, you know, graduated? But – um. He goes, yeah, man, I'll be down in a minute. Comes down, and he ends up bringing Billy inside. And then um, Jeff's dad just goes, I thought I fucking told you, you know, get out of here. And he's like, he's like, Dad, shut up. You know, like, you know, there's not really an authoritative thing anymore. It's just, yeah. you know. It's a bad relationship. Yeah, so Jeff runs upstairs um, with, with um, Billy's kind of trailing behind, but he's like, I'll be up there in a minute. You know, <laughs> like, kind of like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Goes to the bathroom. And then all you hear is the dad talking, I got this idiot in my house, you know, my son, you know, just talking trash, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm trying to think, like, 
No, that's good. So he goes to go to the bathroom. Maybe there's the only bathroom downstairs or something. So his dad sits back down. Billy, uh, Jeff goes upstairs. He's waiting for Billy. So Billy, we think he goes to the bathroom. Maybe he closes the door and turns the lights on to make it look like he's in there. No, because that's murderous intent. He would already be thinking of a plan. I'm thinking he goes to the bathroom, comes back out and decides he's empty on liquids. Maybe he wants to grab a water. So he goes into the kitchen, grabs a water, and the dad yells, hey, why don't you get me a beer while you're in there? So he grabs a beer and starts walking over. And when he goes to hand it to the dad, instead just cracks it upside his head. Okay. And then drops it and then walks upstairs. And the dad just like is dead right there. And Jeff doesn't know. So he's not like showing emotion while he does. It's not like a full force like ah, like that, but just like yeah. grabs it and just conk right on the side of the head. But like the glass breaks and everything. And then um, Jeff he goes upstairs to Jeff, and they're just talking and hanging out. And what uh, if because uh, I was I was just thinking if if the glass broke, I feel like Jeff would have heard it. But he goes upstairs. No one like so once he cr- smashes the bottle over his dad's head. Uh, there's no like panic. You don't hear footsteps. You don't hear screaming from Jeff or anything like that. So then Billy goes upstairs uh, like nothing happened. He gets the bottle of water with him for himself. And uh, what if Jeff was like had headphones on or something? And then as soon as Billy uh, uh, comes up, he takes headphones off. It's like, hey, man, uh, let's play. Let's do our games or hang out or whatever they were going to do. So it's like it didn't happen at all. Jeff completely missed it. Yeah, I like that. And then like Jeff. Or he's got like his video game like headset on or something, something where he, he can't hear it. Yeah. And Jeff goes, hey, sorry about my dad, you know. Or like, sorry, you know, sorry for my dad yelling at you or not letting you in the house. And then Billy just goes, it's fine. What if, that's actually really good. What if he says, sorry, man, my dad is, my dad can be such an ass sometimes. And then what if Bill goes to just something stupid, like, no, I mean, it's fine. You're, I don't, I don't mind your dad. He's all right. Most, most of the time, (laughs) just completely like disregards it. And like that he just killed him. He's not that bad. No, he's not that bad. I don't mind him. (laughs) And, um, Billy goes, I'm going to leave now. Like after like, let's say they hung out for a good couple hours or something. So sure, dad's yeah. still downstairs. So Billy ends up going out the front door and Jeff's still upstairs. Like, you know, and then after an hour after Billy leaves, he decides I'm going to go get my like PJs, you know, like I'm going to kind of get ready for bed. It's getting that around that time. Mm-hmm. So he goes and um gets into his uh, pajamas and whatever he wants to do, sweatpants, whatever. Then he's like, all right, I'm going to go downstairs and grab a water. Runs downstairs, like, you know, comes down the steps and passes the family room without looking in. The dad, you just see the body of the dad just laying on the ground. And um, he goes into the kitchen doing a bunch of stuff. And he's like, the TV's on like a weird, like, like kind of like the snow channel. Like when you couldn't get the channel or whatever when you were a kid. And it was just, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bunch of static. He thought it was snowing outside. The snow channel. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> but um, he's like, what the? He's like, he's like, huh? And he looks in to see where his dad's at. You know, yeah. like, is, did he leave? And he looks in and sees that. Then immediately he's freaking out, like runs over to his dad and it, it's, it's too late. So he immediately like is like, oh my God, about to call 911. He grabs the phone, starts to go dial 911 and then realize could have been Billy. Yeah, I, I would assume he he would immediately think it's Billy, especially with already having speculated and then figuring out that Billy killed this other kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you got to keep in mind, though, when something like that happens, you're in so much panic, you're trying to think the first thing you do, like you're taught as a kid, call 911. Oh, no, in the moment, for sure, he's trying to, he's so basically that, trying to save his dad. But yeah. then he remembers like, oh, like, this is Billy. Like, exactly. This, yeah. this is something he would do after everything he's done before. He's just never been committed of it. So um, 
you know, ambulance comes, you know, everything like that. Uh, next day, you know, they, they come across each other or Billy shows up at the house again. Jeff's not answering the door. You know, I'm trying to think how we could get this like to go on. I, I think like after, you know, two or three days, Jeff's just like, it seems like Jeff's not at his house anymore, but he's still there. He's just hiding, watching out the window. And he calls Billy's house, um, you know, because they still have house phones. And uh, his mom answers and he tells his mom like everything, like just like all of it from the start, you know, to the, yeah to, to all this stuff. And she's just like, okay, we know you're in an emotional spot right now, but don't blame my son for this. And then hangs up. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think like, then she has it in the back of her mind. And then she's kind of acting nervous. Like, Hey, you want something to eat Billy? And Billy's like, I can take something. And then he's sitting down. She goes like, she's like cutting and you can tell she's nervous. And Mm -hmm. this is where we see it start to take off. Okay. So do we want to go into the direction of Billy killing his mother or is it going to be more to keep it with Jeff? Ah, man. I want to, I want to kind of lean a little bit. Like it's going to like, she's just afraid for her life. He's not going to kill his mom. Maybe not yet. Okay. But like you're, the audience is already suspecting that because now we're, we're looking at the mom Billy right now. Yeah, yeah. The audience yeah. is going to suspect that, so I'm trying to think of a way to turn it off the, the thing. Like she's like, I'm going to go to the store or something. Um, you need anything? And he's like, just names off a couple things, and then um, she leaves, and then she has it in her head and decides, call the cops or yeah. go to somebody, like, go to the authorities and let her know like there's or what's happening, and they're kind of trying to calm her down. Like there's no incriminating evidence on it. You know, it's you can't just do that. Mm-hmm. So then she goes, can you just? you know, like keep him on watch or whatever when he's around town and starts noticing some stuff. And then, but Billy's not even up with the murderers thing either. He's also stealing and not realizing that's a bad thing. He has no morals at all. No, no, he doesn't understand what's right or wrong. Okay. So, so if he's out and about, he'll just kind of do whatever he wants for the sake of just wanting to do it or yeah. at least needing it for his own sake. But not, but not a bad boy attitude. More like he's like, he's in a store and he's, he's like kind of walking in there for like a drink and he just grabs something, and like as he's looking, he just walks out of the store. Nobody okay. saw him do it. Nobody saw him do it except a cop that was watching him before oh, falling okay. from his mom. Before that, like let's say it's like a the next day, then a uh, cop arrests him for stealing, and they're driving back. Let's say to the police station, they're gonna book him and do all this stuff. And um, I, I'm trying to think where it could go from there. Trying to book him, so maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they do arrest him. His their mom, his mom has to get has to pick him up, uh, or bail him out, I should say. Um, and then, or more like they let him go because I'm thinking it's like a small town, so they all know each other, right? Like, there's the town. There's the one town cop. Let's say he's a uh, you know like a little bit older, but not super old, like the sheriff or anything, but like you know young deputy or something. Okay, so like probably 30s, and uh, Billy's probably in his 20s close to maybe 22 and uh you know they're just riding and um he's asking him he's like so what's going on with you man like are you know are you okay like i know you've had some things in your life and all this stuff and they kind of like talking to him like you've experienced some like things like people die around you you know your uncle brings that up and billy's just looking out the window you know like now nah, i'm fine you know just kind of normal about it mm-hmm. and um he goes you know I, why don't you sit up front cop tells him to sit up front okay you know and um 
because it, it would just make more sense. So they they stop, you know, get him. He gets him out of the car. Like I want you to feel comfortable because you seem like you're closed off. And um, so they're driving down this road and they start going and uh, kind of like to the station that's a little bit out of the town. It's kind of out in the woods a little bit. They're driving down a windy road and Billy's just sitting there like, you know, looking out the window and the cop says something. I'm trying to think what he would say. I would throw like Billy into this like, I don't know. A murderous sort of uh, act or whatever. I'm thinking, but I'm like, maybe ask him like, have you ever thought about what you're doing after like, you know, once summer's over. Um, and then Billy just goes, no, just plan on working the job he works. And he goes, why don't you sign up for the, the law enforcement, the police department? Then Billy's like, that could be an okay. I like, you know, that sure. Why not? You know, that whole response. Mm-hmm. Then he gets into the police force. Oh, wow. So we jump ahead now. Yeah, so now More. his mom's, oh, like, wow. oh, his mom's like, oh, my son can't be a killer because he is a part of the police force. He passed the test and everything. So now it's completely thrown the audience just through a fucking loop. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Everyone's like, holy shit, how did this, how is all this happening? Like, you, every time you think it's going to go somewhere, but it leads up perfectly. Obviously, there's details we have to fill in and everything. Of course, of course, of course. But then we got, let's say... He's part of the police force and he's going on calls and stuff like not nothing super huge, like, you know, missing dog, missing this, missing that. Um, and then, you know, car accident maybe or something. And uh, let's say there's a car accident with a woman that's like the woman that he slashed the tires on in the beginning. Like her, like, like her. It's like kind of like same, dis- like kind of hair, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah kind of personality kind of like whatever and she's in she gets hit by like a truck or something the um driver of that truck let's say is passed out so he's in his car passed out billy sees it in his cop car gets out walks over to i mean walks not running walking okay over to the woman in the car who's screaming help me help me help me like please officer help and like like you know she let's say she's cut up pretty bad she can't she needs to be pulled out of the car and Billy just looks at her and, you know, she's kind of like sitting there and he kills her. Oh, wow. Like a mercy kill. Oh, okay. But not like he's sitting there like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it more like, yeah, she's like in pain and like, kind of like help, like trying to like get me out of the car or something. And Billy just kind of walks over. Just kind of lifelessly like suffocates her or something. Yes. Yes. And nobody's seen it. So it looks like now she just died in the car accident. Yeah. Yeah. So next thing you know, like, you know, uh, Billy radios in, like, there's a car accident. Um, Woman's dead. Driver is passed out. And, you know, then it goes from there, dude. I'm trying to think, like, how we can make it, like, oh, like, now he's killing people under the badge now. But he's doing it, like. Right. Ah, man, it's crazy. Well, well, I mean, you could have him respond to, like, really uh, intense uh calls and intense situations like maybe like domestic uh domestic abuse sort of calls or uh if there's any sort of a shootout call uh, or, or like active shooter sort of calls uh he can start doing stuff like that and kind of using that as the excuse it all kind of um depends on how severe and how severe you want to take it but also kind of the direction you want to take it too I definitely want to think it's like after, after like, you know, every like couple of weeks or something, you see like something like weird happen where someone dies or someone like, you know, is like, but Billy kills him or something, but not like, you know, like, Oh, he just goes over and stabs him, but more like something like where he's killing all these people without like 
there's like no murderous intent, like no nothing incriminating onto him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Here's an interesting thought. So we had earlier, uh, Jeff's dad die and, uh, Jeff's, uh, and Jeff, you know, kind of went, uh, he left, like he didn't, you know, we don't know where he went. So we, we jump to a couple years later where Billy is now a cop and he's doing things like you said with this woman where she gets into an accident and he kills her. And it's just a way for him to kind of get his kill in his fill in for the month or whatever it is. But what if one day he gets a call for, like I said, like maybe a domestic, uh, abuser or something, something like that, maybe, uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, I want to say loitering. Um, uh, just, uh, he, they're getting a call for some sort of, uh, just domestic sort of issue. And what if when he shows up to the scene, it's his old friend, Jeff, who's now a drunk, like his dad with everything that happened in his life, he has completely become, you know, just his life's falling apart. And now he's causing these problems. And maybe we can put like, you know, we ask the question, okay, is Billy going to use his friend Jeff as an excuse for a killer? Is he going to spare him? Jeff turns into an alcoholic like his dad. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Fast forward a couple of, you know, that's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they're like their late twenties or something. Jeff's going through a hard time and Jeff gets arrested or no, Jeff gets into a dr- drinking and driving accident. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So Jeff's and now it's coming from a first person perspective. Jeff, you get to see like the camera rolls out of the car. Like you're a person falling out of a car. And then kind of like, you know, you're all cut up. It's around nighttime and let's get, the woman or whoever he got into an accident with is like getting out of the car, like, Oh, like, like, uh, like kind of like hurt too. But, um, yeah, yeah. Jeff's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, you know, trying to be like the nice guy, like I'm so, I'm so you know, like still trying to drunk and Billy's on the scene. So Billy rolls up and sees Jeff and yeah. then looks over and sees the person in the car or out, like kind of outside of the car, like kind of like breathing heavy. And Jeff just comes over and um, he's like, or not Jeff, uh, Billy comes over and then kills the guy. Yeah. Right in front of Jeff. And Jeff sees it, but he's, he was drunk driving, so he can't say anything. So, you know, he can't be like, oh, he killed, Billy killed him or whatever. And who's going to believe me? He's drunk. Right. So now, you know, he's in the jail now. So, okay. Uh, so now we, we're, let's fast forward, you know, after whatever, he's in jail. Um, he's not super banged up, just cuts and scrapes and stuff, but he's like, kind of like, you know, maybe a cor- torn a couple muscles. So they just, they lock him up for that. So he's in there over the night and he's there with Billy. Yeah. Okay. Do they have a, do they have a dialogue? Do they talk? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're talking back and forth, like small chatter here and there. Like, um, after a while though, like after like an hour or so, Billy's just sitting at a desk, you know, doing his work, like acting like it's a normal day or normal night. And, um, Jeff's just sitting there like looking at him, like afraid to even strike up a conversation. But then they kind of like, Billy goes, you hungry? Jeff goes, just brings it all up. Like, why are you doing this? What's wrong with you? Like, you know, you're killing all these people. I know it's been you. And Billy's like, what do you mean? Like just has, just does not know what he's like, just doesn't understand the rationalization of someone else, like being a person in a life. He just doesn't grasp that. And, uh, you know, he's not trying to kill Jeff. He's just, just emotionless, you know, like kind of this whole thing. And let's say, uh, one of the rookie guys comes in and kind of like, you know, they know Jeff is a drunk now. So they kind of, uh, I don't know how to say like make, fun, well, not really make fun of him, but like 
the, the young guy kind of says a bunch of shit to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billy just gets up and slams the dude's head against the bars or something. And now, okay. the, now the young cop's knocked out. And <laughs> okay. he just looks over at Jeff. And Jeff's like, is this guy protecting me? What is he doing? Like, you know, you don't need to go that far. And um, I'm trying to think how we could how we could try to fix this. Like, ooh. Well, here's what's interesting. You've kind of, we kind of get to a point of like no return. And I think it's good to do that. Because the thing with, with movies is you want to get to like, you want to, you want to cross that point uh, where, where the characters cannot go back to the way things were. Because that's what makes it dramatic. That's what makes it interesting. Um, and so this could be definitely that point where like there's, you know, you've crossed the point of no return and considering it feels like this is going to be a little bit later in the film, like this might even be like one of the final scenes, uh, something dramatic does need to kind of happen here. So if, if, if Billy did knock out the younger cop and Jeff is like wondering, okay, what's this guy doing? Is he going to kill me next? Or is he going to put like, I don't know what his intentions are. Maybe, maybe Billy lets Jeff go maybe in, in a twisted turn of events he doesn't kill him and he doesn't, he doesn't even kill the other cop. He kind of maybe has a realization. I would assume that they have a dialogue first. That's very important before this happens. Some sort of conversation that makes Billy realize that maybe either what he's done is wrong and he should fix it. So that's a way to fix it. Or we don't do that. And we let the bad guy win in this story. And Billy does end up killing Jeff and maybe even the cop as well. And, uh, and and then the story would just end there. Because at that point, either Billy needs to get caught, killed, or stop doing what he's doing. I think we should have like Jeff um, or Billy grab the copy knocked out, drag his body away, like just drag him like to another. Because now they, I, they basically the guy's dead. Okay. So he, he hit him that hard, like through his, like kept ramming his head into the thing, just kind of doing oh, wow. it. Hard. Okay. And um, it seemed like it was merged in temp, but he just had no emotion to him. So now Jeff sees that there's keys on the ground, tries to unlock himself and get himself out of there. So Jeff gets out of there and grabs a gun. So what do you immediately think as an audience member? Like he's going to kill fucking Billy. Yeah. He's going to end it all. And um, Jeff can't, you know, like goes for the gun, but there's no gun there. Billy has it on him. Okay. So he goes and grabs a weapon and he goes, get away from me. Like, you know, like Billy finally comes back or whatever. And he goes, what's wrong, Jeff? You know, like, like kind of starts seeing that like, you know, you get to see the emotional, not the emotional side, but like Jeff kind of freaking out because he's, he'll kill Billy if Billy gets near him. Okay. And um, I'm trying to think like, instead of like, let's say fast forward, you know, a, a bunch of events happen. We don't have to keep filling them in with the details, but like, it's a good concept here. Jeff dies. Billy okay. kills, Billy kills Jeff. All right. So All we, right. It's, like, it's like the winner scenario, mm-hmm. but, or it's like the killer scenario, but, then it's like let's say it's it's a little bit later down the road a couple of years later he's probably in his like late 30s now coming into his 40s and he sees a bunch of kids just like the beginning scene when they're riding their bikes and stuff to the store and they encounter that woman he notices a kid just like himself in the store okay it does the same exact thing but like right as he goes to get him to do it billy just walks over and goes it'd be better if he slashed it this way and the kid okay. turns around like it's a cop telling him like, oh shit, he's busted. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But actually has that like rationalization, like what he's doing. Like he just, he's just a punk kid, doesn't understand like he can kill somebody that way. But he still understands what life and death is. You know what I mean? He still under, he still has a, a emotional connection with people, but Billy still doesn't. 
okay. Oh, interesting. All right. So he just gives him that advice and starts walking away. And the kid's like, thanks, or, you know, whatever, and slashes it. And then the same kind of incident, like a familiar thing happens, like in the beginning. And then it fucking, bam, fucking cliffhanger. That's actually really good. I like that. And I like how, yeah, he, he, he comes out on top winning, but not only that. He's like inspiring other people to do that. And that's, that's a, that's pretty good. I like that. It, it's funny. It turned into like more of a thriller for me in my head, at least there's definitely a lot of elements of horror and like, you know, that sort of horror violence for sure. I can see, but uh, it also, yeah, it, it very much has this sort of thriller element to it. It reminded me, uh, you, it gave me some vibes of like stranger things, at least for the time period. Um, but then it also kind of gave me some like, uh, Stephen King sort of, uh, like character vibes. I don't know. What's the best utilization in your opinion of what a uh, director or something that could be done in a film that really kind of keeps your attention the whole entire time? Cause I feel like a lot of what societies is, is on the basis of cliffhangers and kind of being on the edge of your seat the whole time, not really knowing what's going to come up next. Even though most of the films that come out, you kind of expect what is going to happen and then it happens. Right. Um, I think what's important to keep the audience sort of in their seats or on the edge of their seats uh, with any movie, whether it's horror, thriller, action, comedy, even um, you have to have some sort of character drive. So like there, I, I think what's important is uh, sh- showing characters who are taking the initiative in the story and are the ones that are getting the shit done for for the outcome for the goal that they have there's a lot of times films where they're not very character driven they're more plot driven and so what that means is that there's sort of this external event happening around a group of people or one individual and then this character or characters are reacting to it but then there's also the the character driven kind where you have these goals that these characters or character want to get done and they have to actually put the first foot forward and get it done. And for me, I think that's more on the edge of your seat or at least more attention grabbing because I like to see characters actually uh, going and doing the things they have to do. Like it's fun to see like, you know, movies where let's say it's uh, an apocalypse world and everybody has to survive because if it's an apocalypse world, then or in a world that's fallen to the apocalypse essentially then you basically have this external force and the characters are in the apocalypse just trying to survive they're reacting to that situation but then if you have a movie like uh i'm trying to think of a good one um like mad max fury road for example is a very good character driven film because there's a goal that they're trying to get to uh or that they're trying to accomplish so they're the ones pushing the story forward because if the characters weren't pushing the story forward then it would just be standstill there'd be no plot um so Mm -hmm. i kind of for me i kind of like that i like the character driven how about this for like a better ending than that one so instead of him telling the boy whatever instead of the kid slashing the the woman's tires he slashes the cop's tires it's like a prank like his friends dared him to do it. Like I dare you to, you know, oh, mess, okay. mess, mess with Billy's, mess with Billy's car. Okay. Everyone knows Billy is like, now Billy's kind of like up in the law enforcement part. He's basically a sheriff now. And uh, he cuts Billy's tired like before. And Billy doesn't know and gets in the car and starts driving. Then gets into a severe car accident and Billy's dead now. Oh, so wow. Now it's like the kid did it and the kids know. But the, it, it starts like a chain. Like it, you start to see the same things that happen with Billy, like in the kid. 
Yeah. So in a weird way, even though it's not a supernatural or a uh, paranormal type like a of karmic movie, type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But we call it the ending. You just see the title say blank slate. Oh, blank slate. That's okay. what we'd call the movie blank slate. Blank slate. Oh, wow. I like that. It's pretty good, man. It's an interesting concept. It's very tricky to do uh, stories with kids because it's hard to get the audience to believe that these kids can do these crazy things. That's what I'm saying. All the murders are like the ones that are like in the like the beginning, the ones that really aren't like enough to where like, you know, he could bash someone's head into bars or something. But like the, the fact that like it's the accidental type stuff. It's right. like the stuff where it's like you can't pin it on him. You can't say that could have just happened or whatever. And then once you see him start to get older, like when they're in their 20s, you get to see him where he hits his, the dad in the beginning with the bottle and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I feel like that's a really good concept, at least. There's definitely need to be tweaks and stuff there. But I feel like it's a – Nick, you got to write it. It's Yeah, <laughs> it's a good jumping off point for sure. Um, it's definitely a good backbone or a good skeleton for uh, – to fill in uh, uh, or to have, and then fill in the blanks with at the end uh, or as you're writing the whole thing. It's, it's good. It's a really good concept. I like it. I might even play, I might play with that idea. Uh, Do it. Make it, make it, make it. I'm telling yeah. you, make an inch, make the kind of trailer for it. And I will fucking, we need to <laughs> pick who's going to star in it. Who would star right. as Billy? Who would we cast as Billy? If we had an, a, you a have to have a couple of them. You have to have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, when it's older, Billy, you definitely got to do someone like. Uh, oh man, I'm trying to think who'd be really. About like a Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I don't want anybody super popular or super famous. I want someone that's like maybe a a, a a nameless act or one that's kind of just getting started because I feel like that's how you could play it the best. Because I feel like if you try to give a famous actor Billy's role, you're gonna are immediately remember their other movies and assume it with that. Because mm, how many times okay. does that happen in film? You get mixed up. So it does happen sometimes. Definitely does happen. Like I look um, at Captain America with Chris Chris Evans or whatever. I see Human Torch. I don't see Captain. Yeah, America. that's very true. Especially in the beginning when he was first starting. Um, I I'm almost wondering. There's I forget the guy's name, but he's the guy who played in the movie uh, Baby Driver. Um, oh, okay. Which one? Are you talking about Baby Driver, the one? Baby, or? yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 main character from Baby Driver. He was also in the uh, the Divergent movies, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that. He's 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 a he's famous. I think he's got a pretty big following, but he's not he's not quite like a list actor like a Shia LaBeouf or you know kind of thing like that. So he might be a possibility. I like it. Just kind of be the older one. Um, I don't want to use any of the kids. Like to play the kids part, I would not want to use any of the kids from Stranger Things because they're so in that role. It's insane. Um, yeah, you can't get anybody that's super. It's really weird when you see like an actor take on a role in a film and then that's what they're known for. Like that one film in the beginning, like with Will Smith on The Fresh Prince. Like, yeah, you know, they're like, pick a name you'd want people to call you the rest of your life. And he's like, oh, call me Will Smith then in the show. And now you remember him as like Will Smith. You don't remember him as anything else, but you remember Alfonso. That's Carlton. Right, right. So anything Isn't Will Smith his real name? Yeah, exactly. He that's okay. what he chose. He's like, I want people to know me as me. So call oh, me. Oh, I got you. I got you. So this character is Will Smith. Okay. Yeah, he had an option to pick a name for a character, and he just picked oh, really? oh, pick Will Smith because I if I want anybody to remember me, I want them to remember me, not 
some Carlton or something that Alfonso picked. And now anytime Alfonso is in something like Dancing with the Stars, you don't know him as Alfonso, you know him as Carlton. Like, yeah. How many people see his face and go, oh, it's Carlton. You know that's not his real name, but you call right, him. Right, right. The Carlton dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, man. That's pretty good, though. I like Again, I like the idea, man. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad concept. Definitely can be, uh, can be worked into something bigger. I'm going to call this episode Spooky Tale. Spooky Tale, okay. We basically just designed a horror movie. Pretty much, or, or yeah, or a version of one, yeah. It's not so, bad, man. Someone's going to be listening to this like, what the fuck did I just listen to? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because now people are like, there's going to be people out there listening that are be like, I actually want to see that get made. And there's going to be people out there like, what? Like, what, yeah. was, the, what was the point? What yeah. was the podcast about? It's like, <laughs> no, we're just talking about our ideas of film. Yeah, man. It's pretty good. Did you, uh, did you have some of your, uh, your favorite horror movies? Your favorite horror films? My top favorite horror film, I like Jaws a lot. It's probably definitely okay. number one. But if I was going to do a top, you know, not a top 10, maybe let's knock it down to five of like really impactful ones. Jaws is number one. Scary Sharks, first of all. That's yeah. a realistic thing. Like that oh, is, for sure. That brings a rationalization of death, first of all, with an animal. Then we look at, let's say my second, I like Friday the 13th, the whole sleep thing. I like uh, Freddy versus Jason, but I like more of Nightmare on Elm Street, probably my second. Okay. Um, third, I like, the, I like Idle of Hands. Idle of Hands. Ooh, have I seen So that? Seth Green was in this movie a long time ago, and his hand was possessed by the – not Seth Green was, but his friend's hand was possessed by the devil, the guy that played in the original Final Destination. Okay. Oh, I so, see. His hand is killing everyone. Like he goes to sleep and he wakes up and it's around Halloween time and he goes downstairs and his mom and dad are like murdered in this really crazy way. And he doesn't know why. And he starts realizing his hands not under control of his anymore, but the devil. Interesting. So like, hands. he's like, his hands all moving around. Like it's got like Parkinson shaking everywhere. And um, he's down in the basement. He's like, you know, like he's just sitting there arguing with Seth green. And then his hand reaches for a bottle. Like that's the whole full kind of motion of his arm and freaking slams it right up across his head. Maybe that's where I got that idea from. Okay. But then like the one who's like, you just killed him. And his, the, the one friend starts running up the stairs. He's like, dude, you need to get out of here before something else happens. I can't control this thing. And the hand grabs like a buzzsaw and throws it straight up the stairs and cuts the other dude's head clean off. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, it's freaking nuts, dude. This movie's like crazy. But he's like, you have to chop off the hand to stop it from infecting the whole entire body. So he ends up chopping off his hand. Then you just see this fucking hand crawling all over the ground, going, killing people on its own. That's hilarious. That's crazy. There's some big actors in this movie. I've never seen this before. Are you looking it up? I am. Yeah. There's Seth yeah, Green, Jessica Alba. I remember that movie because I was at this point, I was really listening to Yellow Card back in the day, like when they first came out. Um, okay. They, they had an album called Lights and Sounds. The singer of Yellow Card is the singer that plays the mute, the Halloween festival at a party, and the fucking hand drops down and rips the dude's scalp off. <laughs> like she, it's nuts, dude. But it is an underrated but really good freaking movie. Yeah, it's labeled as a comedy horror. So was it? Is it pretty funny too? Yeah, there's a lot of like weird death scenes in it that are pretty funny. It's like scary movie, but more like more on the horror side of it too. Like kind of being more serious. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to check it out. 
Then I think Saul would be my number fourth. Oh, okay. I like the whole like play a game type scenario. Yeah. And then I guess five. um, I like a lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies. I don't really consider them super like nothing's really scary, but I like the whole twist and the horror side. He, he definitely, I like M night a lot. Like M night definitely does have, he has some bombs, some movies that just were terrible, but uh, uh, the movies that he does that, that are, he's, that he's very good at doing is uh, the ones where you're just kind of left thinking like, this is the most craziest thing I've seen, especially with this twist. Like I remember in signs, the movie signs, that's not a scary movie. If you really think about it, like it's not that terrifying. Well, I, I take it back. It's not that much of a horror movie, but it is terrifying. That's what I meant to say. It's like, it's not, if you watch that movie again, you can kind of see that I, like for me at least, I don't really consider it like a scary movie. It's not a movie that I would, uh, uh, you know, put on during Halloween because it freaks me out. But if you really look at it and watch it, 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 it can be really kind of frightening. You know what I mean? Like this, the idea of all that, it's pretty crazy. So M Night's really good with signs and even, um, what was the one with Bruce Willis that's so famous? I forget the Sixth name of that Sense. Movie. Sixth Sense, thank you. Yeah, even even something like that is just creepy. It's just eerie, you know? I think the best part about a horror movie has to be the concept of making it like kind of experienceable, I guess you would say, to the audience, more like the audience could see that happening and kind of, yeah. you know, like kind of have that grasp, not like a fantasy aspect to it. When you create something like a fantasy killer, you got to play off that the whole entire time. I think when you start to create like a kind of like a twist and turn type horror movie, you have to create a type of realistic thing to it. Like where someone could be like, Oh shit, I can see that happening. For sure. And the one, the one scene that I think of with M night with any of his movies is in signs where it's that found footage scene where have you seen the movie? Yeah, man, I love that movie. Yeah, I love yeah, all those films. You remember that scene where it's like uh, a little a home video Indian, and the, the little Indian kid. I'm gonna go. He's behind the bushes. Look out! And all he sees the alien cross and Joaquin Phoenix freaking backpedals into the yeah. closet, dude. Yeah, yes, I, yes. Like, I, see, I saw I saw signs, and then I saw Scary Movie Three, and I love Scary Movie Three's whole concept <laughs> of making fun of that. Yeah, yeah, that's a funny. Yeah, Scary Movie Three. The Scary Movie films are actually really good i i forget they exist sometimes i need to go back and watch them i didn't <laughs> like really the funny. second one that much but i like okay. all the ones after that like i liked uh scary movie four when they did the saw version of it yeah yeah that was pretty funny like yeah. dr phil chops off the wrong foot that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's hilarious but yeah those are classics so what are your top five uh let's see so i got my top five here um i'm gonna start with my fifth and then work my way up. So uh, I think my, so I kind of, mine are a little bit different in the sort of, they're, they're different than yours, but um, for a lot of different reasons too. So for me, my, my fifth one would be uh, The Shining. Um, the reason why oh, I have- Oh shit, that's a good one. Yeah, the reason why I have The Shining is because I'm one of those people that uh, when it comes to older films, not just horror, but just movies that came out like in the 70s or, or earlier, I don't really get into them too much. Um, it's not to say that I don't think that old movies are good movies. There's a lot of old, great movies out there. I just personally have a hard time sometimes getting wrapped into those films because a lot of them are dated. And so for the time that they were made, they were amazing, but they're dated. And so for me, it's hard to connect with them. It's hard to relate to them, not just from the character standpoint, but even just the whole world that those films are sort of, uh, that those films take place in. But The Shining 
is one of those movies that I've seen uh, quite a few times now, and I really enjoy it every single time. I actually went and saw it in the theater maybe two, three weeks ago. They had a special screening at a theater by my house, and uh, they were just promoting the the new movie coming out, uh, Dr. Sleep. And so they played The Shining and then had a cool little featurette at the end of the film. And I have to say, watching The Shining in the theater uh, was amazing. It was actually, an, it was so much more of an incredible experience than seeing it in any other way that I had seen it before. So I really like that movie. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, my fourth one is, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is about this movie, but I absolutely loved it, was 2017's It, uh, the first one. I absolutely fell in love with this movie. I, I don't really know why. And the funny thing is that it's not the scariest movie ever, but for whatever reason, I just, I, lo- I love it so much. I think it's well-made. I think the comedy has a perfect, like, because, you know, the, it has some level of hilarity to it. And it's just, it's, a, it's just the right amount. They, they don't overdo it so that it's not a horror film anymore, but they add enough of it in where um, it can kind of dilute some of the tense moments in a really beautiful way. Plus the characters are great. I just kind of love the whole story. I love Pennywise in that movie. I think he's, he plays a, he's a great monster. Uh, uh, that film make, made him a really cool sort of uh, uh, entity to really be creepy. So I love, I love that movie. Um, so we talked about it a little earlier. I mentioned it. Midsummer came out this past year. It really blew my mind. Have you seen Midsummer? I have not seen Midsummer. I would recommend you see it. It's not, a, it's not your typical horror film. Uh, it is very different. It kind of bends a lot of genre rules. Um, and it also uh, is very groundbreaking in a lot of ways too, like cinematography wise. But it's a very just crazy movie. It's so just fucked up and it's, but it, in a beautiful way. And it's actually a beautifully shot film. The one, the one thing about Midsummer that I love so much is that it, it, it's filmed like a romantic comedy almost. It doesn't look like a horror movie. It looks like a romantic comedy, but the acting, the story, the themes that they talk about in the film, it's all horror related or at least very, uh, very real and very deep sort of uh, uh, things that they, that they talk about and, and, and the, that the movie's about. So that, it's a weird contrast, but it's, it's great. It's a really good movie. Um, my number two, and this is just because it's a classic and it's the movie that introduced me to horror films when I was a young kid was the original Halloween film. Uh, it's just a a classic you know i agree with that i mean i think a lot of like the concept in the beginning too with um the one movie we were talking about like creating ourselves was um the beginning of i I forgot which halloween it was but the one where he starts killing the pets and he kills that kid except you could tell there was murderous intent behind it you know what i mean but it was like this one was like kind of taking that, but I think I took that from one of the original Halloweens. I never actually fully saw that one because um, I was a kid when I watched it. And right when he killed the dog was like, I've had enough. Okay. Yeah. Cause okay. I'll, I'll watch a dog die in a film before, you know, like that, that when that happens is it's over. That film's done with me. I, I, I'm not, I get upset over that. I don't get upset if someone gets their head chopped off. So, so let me ask you this. Did you watch the first John Wick? <laughs> I have never seen John Wick. Really? I no. know they kill his dog, but I've never seen it. And after knowing that, I don't really care to. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Oh, that's wow. why the SPCA commercials piss me off so much because I know all those dogs are dying. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny, man. Well, not funny, but you know, that's, that's just bizarre. That's crazy. It's only and, uh, dogs though. I'll watch a right. parakeet explode in a microwave, but I don't <laughs> give like, I, it's just, cats honestly i'll take them or leave them but when it comes yeah. to like if i see a dog i'm like nope i already don't like this movie 
Oh, dude, that's crazy. Do you, uh, I'm assuming you have dogs? I did at one point, yeah. You did? Okay. I don't know. There's just a more – that's always been a thing I've had with dogs until I became older. So I was like, yeah, I'm like, shit, I can't, I can't get down with that. They're awesome. I know how awesome they are. How could you kill a pet? Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Okay, cool, cool. Well, um, yeah, the first the first Halloween for me was definitely uh, a game changer in my life. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of of quite a few of the Halloween films. Not all of them. A lot of I shouldn't even say quite a few. I'm a fan of some of them. Uh, I really, really like this one that came out last Halloween last year. Um, the it's sort of like a remake sequel type thing. But uh, that one was really fun to watch. But the original one is my is my favorite for sure. And then my number one. This is the scariest movie I've I've ever seen because it's I I actually don't really know why it's this this scary, but it's 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 insane for me. Is uh, Hereditary? Um, I don't know if you've seen Hereditary, but the same guy that did Midsummer did Hereditary. That was his first feature film, and uh, this movie is it. So I saw this movie when I saw it for the first time. I it's actually on Amazon Prime. I was watching it at home. Middle of the day. I think it was a Saturday. It was. It couldn't have been any brighter outside than it than it was that day. I had all the shades open. I was I was in my living room just watching this movie, and I could not have been more terrified unless I had been watching it by myself at night in the dark in the basement. Like it, I had all the things that you're not supposed to do when you watch a horror movie to try to make it scarier, and I was still terrified when I was watching lit, this movie. You lit the candles and everything. Dude, it was bright outside. I had the shades open. There was light beaming in the house and I was still shitting my pants, dude. It was oh so scary. I was, it, it, I don't, I recommend you see it because it's quite the experience. The thing with Hereditary, the reason why uh, for me it hit that nerve was because, or the reason why it's so scary, I, I have to go back and watch it again to really dissect it because I've only seen it once. But they, there's something about the movie, there's tension literally from the moment the screen goes from black to the first shot up until the last shot. There is tension all the way through. I've actually never been more happy a movie was over, not because it was bad, but because I was so scared. I just wanted, I just wanted it to be done. <laughs> I was just like, I can't do this anymore. But uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was that one for me. So hereditary for me, I would have had Halloween on top just cause I love that movie so much, but hereditary is my top horror because it, it's, it's, it's a great story, really amazing acting, amazing cinematography. But it just it was the scariest movie, I think. If I was gonna I've give seen. you a choice of having a bonus onto that list, one bonus um, movie that you couldn't include in the top five, but it would be a bonus for sure. Which one would you pick? Um, let's see, because I actually have a longer list than my five. So I can probably just pick from here, but I'm trying to think which one I'd pick. Um I think as like an honorable mention, I'd probably pick because there's a lot that I enjoy watching, but another movie that scared me, I'll probably pick this one because it scared me so much when I was younger, was uh, Paranormal Activity, the first one. But for me, that movie scared me a lot because it was the first, it was one of the first of its kind. And when I saw it, I was in high school and, uh, or I was maybe in junior high, I can't remember. But uh, I just remember how big of a movie that was, like everybody was going to the theaters to see it. And that was the first film that scared me beyond watching the movie. So like, even after I finished watching the film for weeks, uh, for weeks later, I was terrified to just walk anywhere in my house in the dark or by myself. So like that one really scared the crap out of me. When I saw Paranormal Activity, I remember going around the house every single day for like a week afterwards, just literally calling out, if there's any ghosts in this house, if you move a chair out from under me, you do any of this shit, 
Ghostbusters is going to, I was freaking out. I was like, I'll call the Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, I would do a bunch of, I would always be like, it's not happening. I'll fight you. I'll do whatever. Yeah. But then I, I just really remembered what I would, I, what I would put as my bonus category. I remember this movie because it really did freak me out. And I for, totally forgot the name of it, but it's a bunch of kids that died on a bus during Halloween time dressed up at like they were all dressed up in costumes and i remember they go, their spirits were going around killing people on halloween but their bus crashed into a it was a quarry near the fucking town okay got what this movie's called but they had to go to the quarry and like put the bodies to rest or something but nobody it was crazy ah uh, dude so ah oh god i wish i could remember this movie i remember the kid wearing a fucking bunny mask yeah, if you remember the name of it, let me know. I'm curious now. Like, text me or, or something. But I watched this when I was a kid on HBO, and it was eight bucks a movie, and I was sitting there like, <gasps> like this is I don't. And it was around Halloween too, so I was like, I don't feel like trick or treating this year because I was going around all the people dressed up in costumes. I was like, you try and kill me, I'll fucking beat you over the head <laughs> with this Kit Kat bar. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good horror films that I've seen. There's a lot when like I, I feel like horror movies have big impressions on young on on young people. Like their creativity you know, is so freaking still there. When yeah, you don't yeah. like bland to everything. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that makes a good horror film good is the level of imagination, which plays into the creativity you're talking about. I think at least because uh, you know I on on my list too, I had the movie A Quiet Place, and um, I like I really enjoyed that movie. Did you see it? Uh, give me a refresher on it. Is That's it old or new? It's new. I think it came out maybe a year, year and a half ago. And it's with uh, the guy that stars in it and that wrote and directed it as well as John Krasinski. He plays, I forget the character's name, but he plays in the office. He's like the, uh, he's not, he's not the boss. He's the other guy the, with the main character, the nice guy. Uh, if you've seen the office. Yeah. Who plays Jim? Jim, thank you. Yes, I, I don't really watch The Office too much. I forget the character's name once in a while. But uh, yeah, so he, that guy wrote, directed, and starred in the film. Uh, uh, and it's where uh, essentially these creatures start kind of taking over the world. And uh, but, but the only part, you don't really see that. The whole film takes place. It's really about this family trying to survive. But these creatures have such a sensitive, uh, uh, an acute sense of, of, of uh, sound. They can hear anything for mile from miles away, and that's how they hunt. So you have to be extremely quiet. So, like in the whole movie, they're basically communicating with sign language. They're walking barefoot everywhere they go. There's like no sound. They don't even they don't even use like running water because because that'll make the uh, that'll you know that'll give away their their place. It's kind of a it's a very tense movie because of that reason. Like you have to be so quiet to survive. So you're watching these characters going through that. Um, but but to go back to my point about imagination, the reason why I bring that film up is because in the very first scene of the movie, they do kind of ruin your imagination because a lot of reason why these horror films are so good and they're so successful and, and, and you remember them for being so scary is because they don't show you everything. And when a horror film doesn't show you everything, then um, I, th I think... I think it leaves a lot to your imagination then. And it's, it's, it's good in that point. So damn it, Nick, you just made me remember another one. What's that? The mist. Ooh, the mist is good. Yeah. That's a good movie. Dude. Oh my God. Whenever I would get a fog delay before school, fuck that. I'm not dying. <laughs> that's You're a good, nuts. dude, oh. that's a good movie. Actually. Uh, I replaced uh, that one on my, or I 
put that one above Jaws in 100% honesty. That would be my number one, dude. You think so? Oh, wow, interesting. Yeah, because okay. that hit me at such a point in my life when I was a kid. I was praying to God there was a fog delay, and I hope my teacher got eaten. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was ready for that. I was like, oh. Yeah. And it never, like, they would, like, my mom would wake me up. You got to take the dog out for you to school. I'd go out, and there'd be, like, a fog. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh. <laughs> I'd have the leash in hand, dog be at the door, uh-uh. Not happening. That's funny. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's a movie with a crazy ending. Talk about a crazy turn of events. That's a twist turn, dude. Oh, movie. dude. Dude, I'm not, I don't want to spoil it. There's some person out there. It's from 2011. If you haven't seen it, then you're way Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we can talk about it, unless you really want to keep it, you know, but it's, that's a crazy twist. Like, I, that movie is really interesting because of the ending. Like, that movie, I always tell people, uh, it, I'll tell you what, for me personally, if that movie didn't end that way, if it didn't have that crazy twist of an ending, I, it probably would not have been a very memorable he movie for me. Fucking kills everyone. His son, his, yeah. um, his, his girlfriend or whatever he's getting to know after the mist and everything. They seem like they're going to fall in love. Kills the old man in the back and then immediately oh, kills a woman too. And then he's out of bullets. So he gets out of the car to go fight this monster or let, just let it come and get him, whatever's going to come and get him out of the mist. And it's the freaking army and all that. Oh my God, dude, my heart sank. So did mine. I couldn't believe it. It's one of the craziest endings ever. I was like, yeah. So, it's so crazy. They had that one bullet left. He couldn't have just put her his head up to her head and then shot. I know. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're going to get logical about it, the whole movie's illogical, but yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Save that. Right. If Save that was that. a, if that was a Jewish version of, <laughs> of the freaking mist that people would be conservative. Yo, all four of you line your heads up together. The worst comes to worst. The last person gets like severe, like brain retardation or something. And that person has to figure out how to shoot the gun or something. Right. <laughs> it probably would have been more effective if they would have just drove all. Actually, no, that was not hundred percent kill. Never mind. That's true. That's true. Yeah, dude. Crazy movie. That I'm glad you brought that up. I actually totally forgot about the movie, and I and I, that that one made a big impression on me too. Um, my heart sank when I first saw that too. I was like, "Holy shit!" I think for me, what makes the best part of a film is like the unexpected, like the one thing you don't think is going to happen happens. Right. Right. There's an interesting uh, uh, contrast with the unexpected, and then. Um, uh, uh, what's the word we were just talking about? Uh, pl uh, plot twist. So like there's, I think like a lot of times I think people, people put those together, but I think there, that a good movie can have both unexpected turn of events, but then also have a plot twist too, because plot twist means unexpected, but I like a film that in its structure, the way that it's laid out, the way that they formatted the story, there's a lot of unexpected events. And then whether or not you have like this plot twist at the end is kind of up to you. But yeah, movies that are predictable and that you can just, you can, you can tell the out, not just the outcome at the end, but you can tell what's going to happen the next scene, what's going to happen the next scene. Like, I don't like that. They become boring for me. So for sure, I totally agree with you on that. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'll make sure to link Nick, also known as the Jason Momoa of film. <laughs> um, all his links will be in the description. Nick, why don't you tell them a little bit about your podcast? Yeah. Thanks, man, again for having me. So my podcast is Here's My Take. Uh, it's a film podcast where I host it. Um, I have guests on every once in a while where we talk film, film theories, just kind of bring up topics. And then every weekend, uh, I usually try to get these episodes out on Sunday. I do uh, film reviews. So I do about two, two episodes uh, a week, my discussion episodes, and then the film reviews. Um, and then you can catch those episodes or you can catch the show Here's My Take uh, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And then you can also uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Here's my take. And send him your movies that you want him to review. Maybe he will. Please do. Yeah. If any, any recommendations, you guys always leave comments. I'm also on YouTube as well. You can leave comments uh, uh, and, or messages on Facebook to the podcast. Hey, and, uh, I got yeah. one. If you ever have a guest, I got one I want to talk about. Okay. Green Lantern. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Everyone shits on that movie. And I love that movie. You love that movie. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, happy Halloween, everyone. And just happy Halloween that we all want a blank slate. <laughs> yes, we do.